Welcome, 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 welcome. This is the outlet. How everybody doing? So, let's get right to it. Um, after the attack of R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, looks like Harvey Weinstein might be getting off. After he has settled with some accusers for a 44 million settlement, it looks like. Which is crazy to me, right? That amount of money. That's just crazy. 44 million. Hmm. So was it all just a money grab? <laughs> well, I don't think it was all a money grab, but. Anywho. Yeah, man, look like they about to let them off. Anyway. But it's also sort of like they're saying that it's okay for white men to uh, behave in this way and black men can't behave in that way, right? It sort of seems like they're saying that, right? Just a little bit, you know, but... Anyway, we all know about 
white privilege, right? But that's just crazy to me, though, right? And then I still ain't heard nothing about what happened with the Catholics. You know, all the Catholic priests that in, got into it with um, all these children. I mean, they got a whole system set up, right? So it's nothing being done about that? Are all of those priests just going to go free? Is the system going to continue? Is people still going to keep going to the Catholic Church? I mean, these are all the just questions that people have, right? Just questions, right? Because I'm saying they have a whole system set up just for kids, you know. Which is crazy to me. But it's true, though. Have they said anything about anybody's names, by the way? Just wondering, like, I ain't heard nothing about no name of the priest, you know, that's been in it. They're hiding names, I'm guessing. But anyway, let's see. Something else that's in the news. Looks like they are mad about Lil Nas X partnership with Wranglers. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, Lil Nas X is a black guy, by the way. Country singer. I think that's considered country. I don't know. Because I heard somebody say country rap. I don't know if this is a new category. The song's okay. It's catchy. Um, But a lot of um, white people are mad about this, right? But at the same time, how can you get mad about this when there's white people that are in rap, right? White people that are in R&B. So, how can you be mad? I mean, is it not true? I mean, we have so many, right? That's getting money with hip-hop, right? Getting money with R&B. I think Taylor Swift did an R&B song, right? Not too long ago. It was like her and a white guy. But, yeah. I don't know, man. Um, and Wranglers is like, I think that's more of a white people's brand, but I think some black people do um, buy Wranglers too, though. You know? But they are all upset about that. But okay. It happens. It happens. Now, let's get to... Candace Owens, um, she's been attacking the Democrats, which is okay, I guess, you know, right? I mean, talking about how they are basically bad for blacks, right? The Democrats. But at the same time, she's also advocating for the Republicans. She's defending the Republicans. She's basically a Republican supporter. But the Republicans don't like us either, though, right? I mean, like, they're open about theirs, right? They basically have the Dixiecrats on their side. <laughs> they used to be on the uh, Democrat side. But both sides, you know, they have their share of racists, I guess you could say. 
Republican races just seem to be more open, and Democrats seems to be more in hiding, basically. And then, like, to a lot of colored people that are in Republicans, basically stand for, well, you know what it stands for, to a lot of people of color. I probably should even use the word, the term people of color, <laughs> but yeah. Um, let me see. Now, if you don't know who Candace Owens is, she's an American conservative commentator and political activist. She's known for her pro-Trump activism and her criticism of Black Lives Matter and of the Democratic Party. They also say she's worked for the conservative advocacy group Turning Point USA. Okay, that's cool. Let me see, it looks like she dropped out of college and now is representing the Republican Party. Oh, that's cool, you know, nothing wrong with all that. Uh, well, something wrong for her supporting the Republican Party, you know, that's open about not liking black people. Um, she taps into things that affects a lot of black people, right? Um, She she kind of talks about how the Democratic Party is not helping us, not being conducive towards black people's goals or needs. And she also, um, she talks about how the black family has been hurt. Um, she's also said that the Democrats, uh, oh, I've heard this uh, line from several people, but she talks about um, how Democrats offer hot sauce and the Republican Party offers jobs. But at the same time, these jobs that everybody's talking about, these are like, they're not high-paying jobs, right? Where most of them, you know, they're like, they're not, they don't have livable wages, right? I mean, that's why you see so many people like, like, okay, like teachers, right? Not too long ago, I've been seeing several states just everywhere. You just seen teachers that were striking. Um, some workers for Lyft and Uber, I believe it was, um, were striking. I mean, a lot of this is because the minimum wage hasn't risen and people don't have livable wages, right? Just because there are jobs out there, I mean, doesn't mean nothing if you actually can't live, right? If you're paying me such a low wage that I can't do nothing, like, I mean, like, so what you expect me to do, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons it was so easy to, like, get so many black people, right? And black men and put them in jail, like, that criminal bill, uh, I mean, that crime bill that Bill Clinton passed, you know, because there wasn't no jobs for a lot of people, right? People need jobs, right? And if you know, if I don't have the money, right, I'm gonna try to find a way to go get the money, right? I mean, that's sort of how it works, right? And you'll see, like, I don't. Let me see. Let me go back. Mm. Okay, so the jobs that were already coming under Obama, right? I mean, they was already coming in. Because um, the job rate was coming down, right, under Obama. 
but Trump has basically he's basically saying you know that he did that right and I guess he kind of helped out a little you know he uh slashed what he do he slashed some um Okay, I can't even think right now. Oh, he slashed some regulations, basically. Um, he slashed some regulations and he cut taxes for the rich. But most of these jobs, right, that he's talking about, like, are low wages paying jobs, right? So it's like... You get mad when I get mad because I don't have the money, you know, like... And you kind of like expect me to stay at the bottom, right? He's trying to keep me at the bottom. Sort of like what they're trying to do. And create this uh, permanent underclass. It's like... There's a lot of people at the top that are protecting the rich, right? And trying to keep the poor poor. And, and from what I understand, the middle class is sort of disappearing. So, Obama put a lot of dollars into the economy, right? He did all that um, stimulus packages. So, that helped to, you know, put a lot of money into the economy and people were able to cre create jobs. But at the same time, these jobs are low-wage paying jobs. And Trump has kept that going. He slashed a few regulations, so that probably brought in a few more jobs, right? But at the same time, these are low-wage paying jobs. And the Republicans, they like to do trickle-down economics, right? But trickle-down economics doesn't work for everybody. And when the Democrats came up with the, they, I guess they put in the social net. I don't know, was it the Democrats? Well, it's the Democrats that support the social net right now um, to help out. Well, truthfully, we need a universal basic income, right? The, the UBI is needed because trickle-down doesn't work for everybody. And that is the reason why we have so much inequality. Because trickle-down helps out rich people more than it helps out the people at the bottom, right? And the equality is actually growing, right? It's not actually going the other way. And it's eventually going to lead to a revo um, revolution, basically. I mean, that's how bad it's getting. UBI or universal basic income will help to alleviate some of the pain and give people the opportunity to try new things. And for what I've seen from the Republicans, they hate the social net because they don't want um, they don't want to be equal, right? They want to be able to say they're number one and dominate and let people. Uh, starve and go homeless it looks like <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying that's what every Republican wants but if you ever heard some of these Republicans talk like it's kind of to the extreme for some of them actually a lot of them but anyway um, you can hear some Republicans say pull yourself up by your bootstraps right but the racism is so real though right 
you can see so many banks won't lend black people loans right for businesses but the amount or the amount that they do give out is so small compared to what a lot of white men get right but I'm guessing that's why you can you see so many um, women of color <laughs> fit to the forefront of the Democratic Party right that have white men right because white men just have that privilege and they can help you out more than a black man can so it's sort of like why not give a white man it probably how a lot of um, colored women are thinking right especially the ones you see in the Democratic Party not all but a lot but to kill the social net and just let a lot of people starve and go homeless so that's like that's a strength then when you work for a lot of people right they don't want to pay you a livable wage right a living wage and I am so astonished by that right how evil are some of these politicians And I've heard some people um, bring up that uh, Candace Owens should get a Coon Award, <laughs> which I find kind of funny. But she has been doing a lot of cooning, though. At least that's what a lot of people would say. Anywho, um, something else that is happening. Facebook is in trouble with some liberals for not pulling the video that is supposed to be a fake of Nancy Pelosi. Looks like Facebook is um is staying in the news a lot lately because of all this negative press. I mean because you know they lost a lot, a lot of people's data you know um, then not too long ago, I think they banned um, some promising people. Uh, I don't know, man. Facebook's been in a lot of trouble lately. And I've been hearing people talking about, uh, let's break up Facebook. I think uh, a co-founder said that too, matter of fact. Uh, Hughes, or Chris Hughes, I think his name was. But yeah. All right, so um, something else in the news: uh, the movie Aladdin soars at the box office, and Booksmart and Brightburn flops. Those are like two other big movies, you know. That's supposed to be good, but they didn't. Now, what is Brightburn? I am not familiar with that. Let me look it up real quick. It says, what if a child from another world clash, I mean crash landed on earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister. With Brightburn, the visionary filmmaker of Guardians of the Galaxy and Slither presents a startling, subversive 
take on a radical new genre. Superhero horror. <laughs> okay. Superhero horror. So it sounds like it's like the reverse of Superman. Okay. I actually like Superman, but I don't know if I would. I'll have to check it out. Brightburn. Um, then the other one is called Book Smart. And let me see what that's about. Uh, Book Smart is about an academic, academic overachievers Amy and Molly, about keeping their noses to the grindstone, uh, gave them a leg up on their high school peers. But on the eve of graduation, the best friends suddenly realize that they may have missed out on the special moments of their teenage years. Determined to make up for lost time, the girls decide to cram four years of not to be missed fun into one night. A chaotic adventure that no amount of book smarts could prepare them for. So it sounds like um, girls gone wild in one day. <laughs> like they just decided to let go. Which is cool, you know. Uh, but look like that movie's flopped. So maybe they had their own people playing at those roles. I don't know. But the movie didn't do too well. But a lot of movies in um, Hollywood, right, been uh, flopping lately. So, yeah, I might want to switch some things up over there, Hollywood. But I know Marvel still, you know, uh, pin out a lot of hits. Which is cool. Um, cause Hollywood is um, yeah, they're gonna have to probably make some changes sooner than later. Um, let me see. So some things they're saying about Aladdin. In this article, it says, whether fans like it or not, Disney is seeking to remake their animated classics one nostalgia, um, nostalgia trip at a time with an industrious efficiency, which unsurprisingly has precluded much artistic trump to date. Mm hmm. Okay. Unsurprisingly, to few who engage with its marketing, this live action redo of the beloved 1992 animated hit Aladdin is a fascinating wonky concoction as coupled together with indifferent graph by Guy Ritchie. Guessing that's the director. <clears throat> but actually um I seen Aladdin and um well the new one. I seen both actually but the new one's actually okay, you know, it's a decent movie. Uh I would recommend people go see it. Um Will Smith is just a good actor, you know. But I still think I like uh, the animated version better than the new version. But the new version is good. Though. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let me see. Oh, another thing about Aladdin, the music. I love the music in Aladdin. Very catchy songs, by the way. 
Um, it says, back to the article, it says, Richie, better known for his lower budget, verbose, uh, blunky, bloke, crime capers, is far from a natural fit for a material like this, especially compared to the, the fairly inspired roster of filmmakers. The Mouse House has recruited for the likes of Cinderella, The Jungle Book, and even Dumbo. Look like they're trying to say, um, Richie shouldn't have been the person to do this movie. Cut off the critical and commercial Doug King author Legend of the Sword. It's tough to imagine what Disney saw in Richie, which indicated him qualified to him a mega budget live action translation of a cherished animated film. And with little shock at all, Richie's dis distinctive filmmaking personality is almost entirely swallowed up here by the demands of the tentpole sausage factory. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, right from an opening sequence where Aladdin cheekily robs a street vendor and acrobatically transverses uh, Agrabah streets, Richie feels thoroughly out of his depth. Shots are crudely chopped together without much consideration for the basic grammar of action direction, making it tough to savor the hero effortlessly outwitting his pursuers. And on a broader level, there isn't a single image in this movie which doesn't feel like it was storyboarded by a committee of execs long before Richie even came aboard. Sounds like they're really not liking this Aladdin. But Anyway, I liked it, you know, thought it was um, a pretty decent uh, movie. Um, and looks like the article says Aladdin was um, 40, 40 minutes past its original time with the animation. I didn't think it was that long, personally, but that could be because um. I watched the Avengers though, you know, so because Avengers was hella long, like that was like, was it three hours? I think it was over three hours. Might have been a little bit over three, but yeah, it was long, crazy long movie. The the last Avengers, that not too long ago came out, and I was like, whoa. Some of my friends were like, they uh they actually went to sleep on it, you know. It was just a long movie, but um. There are a lot of movies flopping nowadays, though, it seems. You know? And the way Hollywood does its business isn't working as usual, right? Then there are some people that are staying away from Hollywood, right? And their movies because of what they promote. Um, from what I understand, anyway. You know, there's the rumors about Hollywood has a lot of pedophile rings, and then there's um, a lot of people say there's a lot of racism within Hollywood, you know? I don't know. But, yeah. This is just what I'm hearing. Um... And a lot of people won't talk about it because of the fear of being ostracized.
But anyway, some else that was uh, in the news was a uh, Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones. A lot of people hated the ending. Um, I didn't expect that ending. Um, I would say it was different. Um, and since it's um, it's already over, right? And I'm pretty sure everybody's seen it. Um, what's the brother that uh? I think it's Brandon. It's like the brother of uh, John. John Snow. Um, but yeah, he was unexpected to become the uh, the king, and a lot of people just hated. I don't know how like how close it was to the book. You know, because you know the book was like supposed to be way more detailed. You know, I don't know. I do not know. Let's see. All right, so something else. Something else that I noticed, right? It looks like in a Democratic Party, right? There's a lot of white man worship going on, right? I'm just going, I'm going off this just based on a few things that I see, right? Looks like there's a lot of, they're bringing in a lot of colored women, but a lot of these, at least the ones that are pitting the forefront, right, nationally, um, all of them got white men. Now, what is that about? Carmela Harris, AOC, why is all these colored women with white men? Hmm. So how can the black community expect you to do anything for the black community when you're being led by basically our, our oppressors? Like, you expect us to believe that these these particular white men are nothing like the oppressors? Like, are they gonna deviate from what past white men have done? I don't know what's going on, man. Um, it's like people don't realize that who you date and who you marry matters, right? I mean, one of the reasons that Hillary Clinton is not president is because she's connected and she married Bill Clinton, right? And Bill Clinton made the mistake of actually signing that bill in law, right? And that bill I'm referring to or pertaining to is uh, the crime bill, right? In fact, it, they passed it in 1994, I believe. And Joe Biden was actually in that too, right? Found out Joe Biden had something to do with the crime bill, and he's trying to run for president right now. He's actually leading the Democratic Party. So, what does that say about the Democratic Party? Well, it's just polls, all right. But there are a lot of people on the Democratic side that believe Joe Biden should be president, right? Now, some people believe that because of he was um, the vice president of President Obama, right? And a lot of people miss President Obama. 
Um, I liked Obama, you know, President O. Um, but at the same time, President O, he didn't go far enough, right, for a lot of um, for a lot of people, and he didn't do nothing that would, he didn't present any legislation, right, or the Congress didn't get him no legislation, but he didn't bring it up either, not that I'm aware of, anyway, any legislation that was specifically for the black community. But overall, though, you know, I respect President Obama, you know, he was the first. And now President, I mean, uh, Senator Biden <laughs> um, wants to be president. But how could anybody from the black community vote for him, knowing that he had something to do with that crime bill? Now, maybe if he didn't pass that crime bill, or help pass that crime bill, and he did something about reparations, we would vote for him, right? If he came out with a, with a reparation bill right now, right, maybe we could vote for him, right? If he, if he um, came out with a reparations bill and did something about... Uh, to rectify that crime bill. Maybe we could forgive him. Maybe. I don't know. But. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. And I mean, just how could I vote for him, you know? So these are just some of the issues uh, that I see with the Democratic Party, right? Um, just or the main, just white man worship. It looks like. Crime bill put a lot of black men in jail. You see colored women with white men. Um, I don't know, man. They want us. To, they want us to vote for the Democratic Party, but what are you going to do for the black community? Symbolism is not going to work too much longer. Like that worked in the past, but um. There's been multiple blacks that's been picked, you know, to be celebrities, right? And then didn't do anything for their community, right? And still white people support some of these people. 
it seems like a lot of games being run on black people, or at least has been run on black people in the past, right? So when you look deep enough, it looks like the Democratic Party is attacking black men just as hard as the Republican Party. I mean, when you look really hard, you know. But then I went and found this article, right? I found an article that is talking about reparations. Uh, it's by somebody named Patricia Cohen. Um, it starts off, if you're surprised that the issue of reparations for black Americans has taken so long to resolve, blame the president. President Andrew Johnson. By the way, if you didn't know, or if you don't know who President Andrew Johnson is, he's the guy who took over after President Lincoln. Um, and she says, well, hold on, let me go back. President Johnson, um, he's basically under his, uh, he took over basically during Reconstruction. And basically, when he took over, black codes were introduced. And these black codes um, that were ratified in America well I think it was a lot in 1865-1866 um, after American Civil War and basically what it did was it restricted African Americans freedom and of compelling them to work in a labor economy based on low wages or debt that kind of reminds me of what's going on now right um, so many African Americans are getting those low wages and or are they in debt right but the black codes were part of a larger pattern right of southern whites who were trying to suppress the new freedom of emancipated african-american slaves the freemen black codes were essentially replacements for slave codes in those states Mm-hmm. All right, so in the article it goes on to say, as the Civil War wound down to, in 1865, General William T. Sherman made the promise that would come to be known as 40 acres and a mule, redistributing a huge tract of Atlantic coastline to black Americans recently freed from bondage. President Abraham Lincoln and Congress gave their approval, and soon 40,000 freedmen in the South had started to plant and build. Okay. And all that is cool. Um, it goes on to say, within months of Lincoln's assassination, though, President Johnson rescinded the order and returned the land to his former owners. Congress made another attempt at compensation, but Johnson vetoed it. 
So basically this article is saying Johnson took away our 40 acres and a mule. <laughs> uh-huh. So we should blame Andrew Johnson, huh? I mean, but Andrew Johnson had backup, though, right? A lot of Americans just simply didn't want it, right? Because black people were hated. And right now, a lot of black people are still hated. A lot hasn't really changed since back then, right? I mean, it's like really... It's really a, only a few things maybe have changed just a tad bit, right? It's not a lot, though. Like, you still see um, segregation in a lot of places, right? I mean, you got people uh, in other countries, right? Kind of following America's... Um, how Americans move, right? You can see like a lot of in a lot of Asian countries you can see them pin out the more more of their lighter people, right? Um, as their person that they market. A lot of people don't like to pin out their darker people. A lot of countries. And that's sort of just following America's lead, right? So yeah, we kinda not good with that type of thing, right? We still have a lot of issues in America. Um, it goes on to say, now in the early phase of the 2020 presidential campaign, the question of compensating black Americans for suffering under slavery and other forms of racial justice has resurfaced. The current effort focuses on a congregation congressional bill that would commission a study on reparations. A version of legislation first introduced in 1989. Several Democratic presidential hopefuls have declared their support, including Senator Carmela Harris of California, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Cory Booker of New Jersey, and former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro. Okay. Um, a study, a study that will take forever, probably. <laughs> I wonder, are they going to try to dilute reparations somehow, like they have done with um other things that were supposed to be given to us? Um, things like uh, affirmative action, right? Affirmative action now kind of helps out all minorities, right? And I think white women are included in affirmative action now which is crazy to me but yeah um plus the, the study would just take so long man we need our tangibles now why wait there is no need for prolonged procrastination at least that's how I feel about it in a way you know why wait? I mean, African Americans been waiting long enough, don't you think? I just, at least that's how I feel. Um, it goes, <clears throat> it goes on to say, if this latest revival has excited supporters, it has worried some party moderates, who fear that such an effort would alienate many voters. Look at that term, moderates. 
exactly what Joe Biden is, Senator Joe Biden. Um, who's a moderate, right? Um, so it's almost like guaranteeing that they're not really gonna go all the way through, right? And help out with reparations, right? They're not gonna fight for reparations. But polls have shown a big deficit in popular support. While a majority of black Americans in a 2016 mayor's poll supported reparations, whites rejected it by an overwhelming margin. Wow. Really? So this article is basically saying white people aren't trying to see black people get what we are owed. Hmm. Such a shame. Uh, black people have been through so much, man. And we get so much hate still. This is another reason we might not want to vote for Biden. He's a moderate, man. Can we really trust a moderate? And he was okay with the the Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton's crime bill that locked up so many black men. Many black women are simply going with white men uh, since Bill decided to lock most black men up, you know. Some would say, at least. <laughs> um, some people even try to compare bit, uh, President Bill to some of the most evil people, right? Considering what he did to black men, right? Let's just say President Bill really messed up when he was listening to all those moderates. And probably some of them was um, undercover conservatives. <laughs> but yeah. So, getting back to the getting back to the um, article, it says the reparations issue raises profound moral, social, and political considerations. Still, the economic nuts and bolts of such a program have gotten scant public attention. Who would be paid? How much? Where would the money come from? Mm hmm. Good question. But we all know, find out, got a tongue twister, foundational black Americans or ADOS, uh, American descendants of slavery, they should get paid, right? I mean, who else going to get paid, right? Why does it ask who would get paid? Who would be paid? It sounds like this must be one of those immigrants that wrote this. <laughs> Um, and where would the money come from? Um, the government. Uh, but you can do it all sorts of ways, though. Um, Y'all should just give uh, Dr. Claude Anderson a call, right? Or some other people that have been doing the work, right? But I know Dr. Claude Anderson's one that he's been doing the work. Um... 
through decades, it says through decades, a handful of scholars have taken a shot at creating a roadmap. Here's what has to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. It really sounds like they're trying to include other people or they want other people included in this bill. At least this particular writer does. Um, we've seen games being played with bills before, right? That's what happened with the affirmative action bill, right? But I'm going to say not this time. Not this time will we fall for such tricks. Alright, so in this article it goes, what's the economic rationale? It says, when James Foreman, a civil rights pioneer who later served briefly as the Black Panthers uh, Party's foreign minister, demanded $500 million in reparations in his 1969 Black Manifesto, he grounded his argument in a indisputable fact. Unpaid slave labor helped build the American economy, creating vast wealth that African Americans were barred from sharing. And this is true. Indeed, it is true. Then it goes on to say, the manifesto called for white Christian churches and Jewish synagogues to pay for projects like a black university and a southern land bank. We have helped to build the most industrial country in the world. It declared at the same time that racist white America has exploited our resources, our minds, our body, and our labor. Okay, then it goes on to say another civil rights leader, um, Bayard uh, Rustin, responded, if my great-grandfather picked cotton for 50 years, then he may deserve some money, but he's dead and gone and nobody owes me anything. All right, I already don't like this Bayard Rustin. If she don't going on with this nonsense <laughs> slipping that into the article um the question of reparations however extends far beyond the roughly four million people who were enslaved when the civil war started as tanish tahisi coates explained and i probably messed up that name explained in an influential essay published in the Atlantic in 2014 legalized uh, discrimination and state sanctioned brutality, murder, uh, uh, possession, and disenfranchisement continued long after the war ended. That history profoundly handicapped black Americans' ability to create and accumulate wealth as well as to gain access to jobs, housing, education, and health care. Uh, hmm. So sounds like she's pinning in different um different sides. Let's see. She says for every dollar a typical white household holds a black one holds for every oh for every typical white household a black one holds ten cents. It is this chemical cumulative effect that justifies the payment of reparations to descendants of slaves long dead, supporters say. 
Equality is not likely to be attained without some form of reparations. David H. Swinton, an economic and former president of Benedict College, wrote in 1990 collection, The Wealth of Races. Ten cents for every dollar a typical white household has, and some white people still don't want us to have reparations. That's because a lot of white people don't want to be equal. Like they want to, you know, forever be at the top. White people really don't like to share. They like to dominate and conquer, and they will use religion to justify it, which they have done in the past, and to an extent, they kind of do it now, right? But anyway. It says, nearly 47 million Americans identified themselves as black or African American in the latest uh, census. A vast majority are descended from slaves, but others are more recent migrants. So who would qualify for a payment? Uh, foundational Americans, um, ADOS. That's who. Um, It goes, William A. Darty Jr., an economist at Duke University and a leading scholar on reparations, suggests two qualifying conditions. Having at least one ancestor who was enslaved in the United States and having identified oneself as African American on a legal document for at least a decade before the approval of any reparations. The 10-year rule, he said, would help screen out anyone trying to cash in on a windfall. Hmm. That sounds okay. Having at least one ancestor who was enslaved in the United States and having identified oneself as African-American on a legal document for at least a decade before the approval of any reparations. Hmm. Okay. I know white people won't be able to pull out that uh, $5 Indian thing they do, or they did with the Indians. <laughs> I wonder if that where Elizabeth Warren get that uh, that idea that she's like a certain percentage of the Indian. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they ain't going to be able to um, pull that off on us this time. We ain't trying to see nobody else slip into our bill. Um, we basically just going to have to watch a lot of them, right? And we need some people to write the bill that we can trust also. We ain't going to have y'all to... Um, have to watch, basically have to watch them from warding the bill down, you know, try to find some way to slip something else in there that they don't supposed to be in there. But first, we got to find the right candidate that's going to actually support the legislation, right? There's a lot of people in the Democratic Party that aren't, um, what's the term, black friendly? <laughs> 
uh, aren't necessarily fans of black people you could say if you base it off of um, just the past right or just some stuff I said earlier right? you know you look around you see people of color but a lot of these people of color got a white significant other Is this white significant other like really down with black people? Right? I mean, I got a lot of questions, man. You know, for so long, um, the Democratic Party has been doing symbolism and hasn't passed anything of substance, and that is an issue—a big issue that uh we need to rectify we need some bills of substance specifically for the black community right and then reading earlier sound like a lot of white people aren't actually supportive of a reparations bill for black people right which is a real problem but hopefully that that particular poll was wrong right I know there's gotta be some white people out there right hopefully but I guess we're eventually gonna find out right what is the truth <laughs> But, yeah, man. So, who is the right candidate? Or does a candidate even matter, right? Simply put, black people got to get out. Um, we got to develop our own businesses, basically. Hopefully, some candidate will get some passports but we shouldn't um, sorry about that we shouldn't um, be betting on that though considering the past because there seems to be white supremacists on both sides right but hopefully we can get something done though So much is going on, man. not only in the United States, but around the world, man. There's a lot going on. Anyway. Let's see. I think that's all I got for y'all today. Oh, oh. and I'm getting sleepy.
I wonder if we're gonna have any more candidates come in for the uh, Democratic Party because <clears throat> I'm not sold on anybody right now, and nobody's actually said anything about completely like I know uh, Elizabeth Warren said she'll sign some. Camilla Harris finally came out and said she'll sign some, but I definitely don't trust Camilla Harris. Um, and Cory Booker said he'll sign some. Um, those are the only three <clears throat> that I've heard say something about it. But we all know how that goes. Anyway. I'm going to let y'all go. Talk to y'all next time on the next episode. Peace.